Good morning, church. Good to see all of you. I'm glad that uh, you chose to be with us this morning. There's many other things and places that you could have been, but uh, the Lord put it on your heart, and we certainly believe that uh, we are here for a reason. And uh, this morning, actually, our whole theme is about community and about uh, the importance of gathering together uh, around a common bond and a common cause, and of course, that is Jesus and in his name and being on mission with him. Uh, and so thank you for joining us. We're going to worship the Lord together this morning in many ways. We're going to worship him in just a minute through music, through song. We love to do that here at Trinity. And uh, we're going to worship by opening his word, by fellowship and by prayer. And so uh, I trust, I've been praying already, that you would be blessed this morning and uh, that uh, the Lord Jesus, through his spirit, would draw you closer to him. Uh, and so um, what I'd like to do now is read from the scriptures uh, our call to worship. You know, I think it's important that before we go into singing songs of worship, that um, we are reminded of why we do that, that we uh, take an opportunity through the, the listening of his word to, um, to set our hearts right, to set our minds 
right? To give our focus and attention where it needs to be, and that's on the Lord Jesus. Because we've all had different experiences this whole week at work and in school and our communities and at home and even this morning. But yet we gather here now in this room in this place uh, to give uh, focus and attention, honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so uh, these are some selected readings from the book of Revelation, from chapters 4 and 5. This will be our call to worship this morning. So listen as I read from the word of the Lord. This is a scene and a picture from the throne room of God in heaven. The four living creatures... Each one of them having six wings and full of eyes around and within, day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, To him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created. And later on it says, the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Would you stand? We pray. Our Father and our God, thank you. Thank you for this privilege, this opportunity to worship, and thank you for the blessing of your word. God, we desire to worship you now along with those creatures and the 24 elders and and as it says, all living things, saying day and night, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Until you come back for us, we wanna be found worshiping you, for you alone are worthy. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So church, let's stand, let's worship the Lord together.
Praise the Lord. He is good, right? He is good and he is worthy of praise. Say good morning to somebody next to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Make your way back to uh, to your seat. Uh, if you're just joining us, come on in and find a find a place to sit and uh, and join us. It's so good to see some fellowship happening. And uh, remember that we have uh, other opportunities to fellowship, to learn, to grow, and to serve. These are our core values here at Trinity. We learn the truth, we grow in faith, and we serve. That's actually how we pursue. Being disciples, learning the truth, growing in faith, and serving, serving one another. And uh, it's good to be able to do that together, right? Amen. And so part of that is what we just did in worshiping. And uh, it's something that's special and unique and quite biblical to be able to gather together and to join our our voices, lift up holy hands, and uh, to sing together and join our hearts in community. That is our our theme and our word for this morning, uh, community. And so um, thank you again for joining us and um, in realizing that this is an important part of what we do here at Trinity is um, worshiping together. It's a part of the life of a Christian and a follower of Jesus, we would call a disciple. Uh, in just a minute, we're going to uh, dive into God's word and continue our uh, study through the discipleship um, Uh, pathway, which is a new initiative that we launched this fall. And so hopefully on the way in, you were given one of these cards and it says, get into community, right? It's not a command, but it's it's a definitive statement, right? Get into community. That's what we're going to talk about. So if you don't have a card, you can raise your hand and one will be handed to you. Anybody? So we need one, a couple up here, please. That would be great. Um, And these are important because we give out a card every Sunday based upon 
uh, what the theme is for that day as we continue going through the discipleship pathway. Now, if you've uh, joined us in the last few weeks, you also would have received one of our uh, pamphlets. It says Discipleship Pathway, and these are important to make sure that you have and to keep. We have plenty. Uh, if you need more, uh, great to hand out as well, but to keep in your Bible, to keep at home uh, next to you, whatever, wherever you do your studies, because in there, um, you have the pathway of being a disciple. And uh, as we've mentioned before, and just as a quick uh, matter of re review, the pathway is not linear. So these 12 steps or these 12 stepping stones are taken right from Scripture, and these are all steps or marks of a disciple, a follower of Jesus, one who is a believer in Jesus Christ, believer in the Lord Jesus for salvation, who then chooses to make that commitment to follow him, as Jesus called us to do so, to follow him. And so that is a disciple. And so we glean right from Scripture these 12 steps, and there's a lot that goes into each one of these. And so this fall, every Sunday, we're looking at a specific step so that we can help in our launch of this tool uh, to become part of the culture and the DNA here at Trinity, that we would use this tool to help one another stay on mission and stay on target for uh, what the Lord Jesus has called us to be and to do. So these are really important, and this is what we're focusing on this fall because this is going to be a vital part of our community here at Trinity going forward uh, into uh, the new year and beyond, all right? And so we're, we're going to refer to those cards and that uh, brochure in just a minute. Uh, but before we get into this idea of community and what that looks like for us, uh, just a few words of church life to get us caught up. Remember that we have our life recovery group, and that meets every Sunday morning uh, from 9 till about 10, uh, 10, 15, and that meets right down the hall in the conference room. And of course, this is, as we mentioned before, it's a 12-step program, but it's Bible-based. It is Christ-centered, and it simply helps us discover from the scriptures, from the Bible, God's power over our problems, no matter what that problem is, uh, whether it's an addiction, whether it's problems with anger, whether it's relationship uh, issues, maybe you're struggling with depression or, or anxiousness, anxiety, whatever it is, there, there's, if there's a problem, if there's an issue, there's a sin, there's something that you've been struggling with, realize that the God of the Bible, the God we believe in, Right? has given us resources, opportunities, has given us hope and promises to help us and to walk through it with us. And he often helps us through other people, amen? And that can be the power of this kind of uh, group. And so I'd encourage you to, uh, to check that out, become a part of that. You can join anytime, 9 to 10, 15. Uh, we also have our Dig Deeper series. It started a few weeks ago down in the adult uh, classroom A, and uh, that started back on the 9th. And so as we're going through this book, Another Gospel, um, it's, uh, it's an important study. And so we would encourage you just another way to learn as we talk about learning and growing and serving. Here's an opportunity to come a little bit early and then uh, you're guaranteed to get some breakfast, some coffee, and then you're definitely here on time for service. Isn't that great? An added benefit, right? But we get to learn together. And so come on out and join us uh, for that just down the hall. And that meets from 9.30 till 10.15. Come a few minutes early, grab some coffee, 
and uh, head down there. And it's an important book. It's an important study that we just um, continue to learn and to grow in our knowledge of God, his word, and what's going on in our churches and our communities. Remember, we also have a Wednesday evening service. We meet from 6.30 till 7.30. It's a one-hour service, and there's also a Trinity Kids program that happens during that time, so you can bring your kids. We start a little bit earlier, just to make it easier on the parents, but during that time, we worship together. We take communion together, and we gather around in smaller groups towards the end of our, uh, our service uh, to discuss the topic that evening. We've been going through uh, the idea of grace, the nature and purpose of grace, and how it weaves itself through every area of being a disciple. And so uh, another opportunity just to get together in the middle of the week, to be refreshed and uh, recharged, to gather in community with uh, other believers to, uh, to learn and to grow. So that is our Wednesday evening services from 6.30 to 7.30. And then actually Right after that, we have our prayer gathering, and so we encourage you to stay if you can. At about 7.40, we gather for some focused time of prayer till about 8.15, and so we're able to do both on Wednesday night, so join us. And then, of course, our Tuesday morning studies. It's going on for a long time now, but uh, we love those, an opportunity to, to dig deep into God's Word, so we're going through the book of Genesis. So the men meet at 6.30 on Tuesday mornings, the women meet at 9.30, on Tuesday, so you can join that at any time. So make sure you uh, include that in uh, your things to do, another way to get involved. And as we've been talking about, last thing, our missions outreach, we do one a month. I think we're taking off for the month of December, but we do have one coming up. As you see that there's a, a bin out in the lobby. As you walk in, we're collecting coats, new or gently used coats for one of our missions partners. It's the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. For, um, uh, for men, and that's in Asbury Park. Many of you are familiar with it. But every year they do a coat drive as it gets colder, and so we're uh, taking part in collecting coats for that, uh, and then we're bringing them over there. But if you would like to volunteer for that actual outreach, that event on November 19th, uh, then just you can see anybody on the missions team, Andrew and Elizabeth, who had that up for us, can let them know and uh, they'll send you the link, or you can go to the website, uh, and how to, to register to volunteer just so they know how many people are signed up to help on that day, to help give out coats to people in need in the community. It's an amazing outreach and a great event. There's always lots of people there, and you get an opportunity not to only help uh, by providing an immediate need, but you get to meet some really interesting and neat people and share your story, and then, uh, Lord willing, get to share the story, God's story, right? So, our discipleship pathway is uh, what we're continuing to look at, and we talk about community. So what I'd like to do now is, before we open God's Word, can we just pray uh, as we engage the Word of God together? Heavenly Father, Almighty God, you are Lord of all creation. You have created us, and you know us, and so we give thanks. Thank you that you have not left us alone, but you have given us Jesus, and you've given us each other. Thank you for the gift of community, for brothers and sisters of faith gathered and connected in your name, a community where together we can engage in hope and joy and love as your disciples. We pray that you would this morning open our hearts and our eyes to see each other as you see them. Help us to have patience, compassion, kindness, humility, 
and love to listen before we speak, that we would lift up and encourage, that we would cherish, cherish and challenge, that we would shape and sharpen one another. Father, may we be willing to learn together, to grow together, to serve together as we stay on mission together to represent you in this world as your church. And may it always be for your glory. And may it always be in your name. Amen. So this guy's walking down the street when he falls into a really big hole. The walls are so steep that he can't get out. So a doctor passes by, and the guy shouts up, hey, hey, you, doc, can you help me out? So the doctor writes a prescription and throws it down into the hole and moves on. Then a politician comes along, and the guy shouts up, hey, you, I'm down in this hole, can you help me out? So the politician writes out a pledge to fix the hole. He throws it down into the hole, and he moves on. But then a friend walks by, and the guy in the hole says, Hey, Joe, it's me. Joe, can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. The guy says, Joe, what are you doing? That was so dumb. Now we're both down here. The friend says, Yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. We need each other, don't we? We need community. So far in our journey through the discipleship pathway initiative, we've talked about how every disciple starts on the same step, the same stepping stone, that is to trust in Jesus for salvation. For you cannot be a disciple of Jesus in the sense that he gave us without first believing in him for the salvation of your soul for the forgiveness of your sin. And once you do that, all of these other steps on the pathway of being a disciple can come in a different order, and they can look a little different, but yet it's the same steps for each of us. We get them right from Scripture. And so we talked about getting baptized and what it looks like and how it's one of the two commands that Jesus gives for the church to get baptized. And we look at different stories we did about people that were saved and immediately got baptized because you don't have to wait to do that. Jesus said to publicly declare what has already privately happened in your heart. Then we talked about telling your story, what it looks like to share your testimony. Tell your story of faith. But then in doing so, also telling the story, which is the gospel, the story of God. And we talked about different examples of that. It's an important part of being a disciple is to learn how to share your testimony and how to share the gospel as part of that. How do you tell people about your relationship with Jesus and what he did for you? In a way that makes sense, that brings clarity and not confusion, and then in a way to share the gospel in a succinct and brief way that tells the profound message of the gospel of grace. And then last week we talked about taking grace to your world. See how grace is interwoven through every step of being a disciple because grace doesn't stop 
at the moment of salvation. We know we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. But that's not where grace ends, that's where grace begins. Because then we live out our Christian lives walking with Jesus each day, as we call it, because his grace and by his grace and with his grace. This morning, we're gonna talk about how we do that together, the importance of being on mission together. There's our pathway that's in the the brochures that you have. This morning, we talk about getting into community. If you can't read it, it's on the card that you have there. Why is it so important that we get into community? Followers of Jesus learn that they need a community of other disciples around them to sharpen them, to encourage them, and to hold them accountable. It goes on to say on our cards here, as a reminder that God exists in community. The scriptures reveal a triune God. It's a fancy word for the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons eternally existing in perfect community, yet one God. It follows then that our Heavenly Father would also want us to live in relationship. One of the most important decisions a disciple can make is to follow Jesus in a community instead of alone. As a reminder, all this information is on our website as well. Go to our website and right at the top of the website, there's a link you can click and there's a page for all of these, all the 12 steps and it explains in detail what this means and what this process is for being a disciple who is on mission, the discipleship pathway. And so uh, we have the print materials for you and we have them all on our website as well for your convenience. I would encourage you to continue to use it as a great tool and see where you are on the path of following Jesus. We're gonna talk about the importance of community for the believer. See, as we were just um, reminded of from the words on this card that God exemplifies community. Jesus had community, didn't he? And it was intentional. Jesus surrounded himself with women and men following him, and he lived life with them as he taught them, and he walked with them. He ate meals with them. They laughed together. They cried together. They lived life together. But that's not even where community started for Jesus. Community started from the very beginning, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created them in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them for relationship, for community. It's as if God was saying, join us. See, he had community In the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we see community exemplified for us on the first page of Scripture. Jesus, of course, is a part of that community. So in the incarnation 2,000 years ago, God in the form of man comes to dwell among us. In Jesus Christ, he takes on flesh so that he can do what? Have relationship with us, live among us, and show us 
what community and fellowship looks like. Community is where fellowship happens. Now listen, fellowship is a big word. We kind of use that a lot in, in our Christian walk and our Christian communities. We talk about fellowship. Now yesterday, we had a, a great time gathered here at Trinity with our friends um, from the Allenwood Church right down the road. And uh, we had a great group, about 70 people here, and there was a lot of kids were running around playing games, and we roasted a pig. Remember, we kept talking about that, and they're just like, you guys are like, when is Pastor Keith going to stop talking about this pig, this pig roast, right? We had a great time. We ate a lot of food. We played games. We had a bonfire outside. We listened to some music, and most importantly, we talked, and we listened, and we laughed, and we had fellowship. But that is only one part of fellowship, right? The, the, the eating food together and, and the laughing and talking, it's one part. But here's what's so important. We use the word fellowship intentionally because we all had a common bond like we do today. For the body of Christ, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, we can fellowship because fellowship, true biblical fellowship, is based on a common bond, and that common bond is Jesus Christ. So when we share him, we can share nothing more important, nothing more intimate, nothing more vital than our relationship with Jesus. See, that moment that you believe, you become part of the church, capital C, the church, meaning the universal church, brothers and sisters in faith around the world. You know that there are millions and millions of other Christians, true believers, worshiping God, listening to his word being read right now, right at this moment, around the world it's happening, and we are joining in with them. Like the scriptures that I read earlier for our call to worship, when it said the 24 elders and the living creatures, and it said all of creation kept singing this song and praising God, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and we sang that song joining in with our community of believers around the world. So fellowship is so important. It means you have something in common, a common bond, and that, of course, is Jesus Christ, the one who binds us together and creates true fellowship. Matthew 12, 46, 50 gives us this great example. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to his words and find his definition of community in there and of fellowship. It says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, his half-brothers, wanting to speak to him. So somebody came and told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside. They, they want to speak to you. But Jesus replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See what he's saying? He didn't say to leave your parents and never talk to them again. He said, he's not saying biological family is not important. But what he's saying is saying, what's the priority? What's the more important common bond? blood relatives, or your relatives in Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, Lord willing, we have the blessing of having it be both, but not always. So Jesus was making a stark point in saying, 
who is my true mother and brother and sister? He pointed to his disciples. We look around this room. So who is my brother and my sister? Who is that important part of my family? The ones that help me to learn, that help me to grow, and the ones whom I serve alongside. There's another instance from Jesus' life which also shows community, but a very different aspect of it. This is that an account which many of us are very familiar with, and if you're not, listen to these words of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hours before he would go to the cross, listen to this account of Jesus. Consider his community and the importance of the people of Jesus in your life. Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him and began to be grieved and distressed. See what happened? He had the disciples. He left most of them there. And he said, sit here and pray. I'm going to go pray. But he took three of them with him. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for just one hour? Keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and he prayed, saying, my father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink of it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again, and he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up and let's go. Behold, the one who is betraying me is near. Jesus had community. He brought disciples with him. He brought a smaller group, those closer friends, that inner circle with him. And he said, can you pray? And can you keep watch with me? Do you see that community? He was saying, I, I need you. I need your prayers. In his humanity, he needed them. He wanted them to pray. How disappointed he was when he saw that they had fallen asleep. Church community is so powerful. We need each other to pray for us, to watch over us, to keep us accountable. But yet sometimes the people in our community, even the closest circle, can let us down. That ever happened to you? It's happened to us. Does that mean we then abandon all community? I'm never going back to church again. I'm never going to, no, I don't need any more friends. I don't need any of that. Jesus shows us the importance. 
Three times, he said, pray, came back. He's still sleeping. Gave him another chance, went away, came back. Saw they were sleeping, didn't even say anything. He went back and prayed, came back, you're still sleeping. Could you not just for a little while help me out? We need each other, church. We are in community together. The Bible's original word for church in the Greek is ekklesia. And in the Greek, that means a called out assembly, a gathering. Those who are called out, called out of the world to gather together. See, in the word church itself is this idea. It's built right into the word. The word church means togetherness. It means a gathering. It means that the believers together. We have the universal church, all believers everywhere, and we have the local church like this, a local assembly of believers in Jesus who have desired to get together, to worship together, to pray together, to learn together, to grow together, to serve together, to be on mission for Jesus. As he tells, tells us in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. That's what we're called to do to get together, to help us stay on mission, to make disciples, to be his representatives. We talked last time about being his ambassadors, his representatives in this world. All Christians around the world, and then local gatherings representing Jesus Christ. When we trust in Jesus for salvation, we become part of that universal body of Christ. But then we are to choose for our benefit, but also for the benefit of the body, as Paul calls us, the body of Christ, choose to be a part of smaller groups like a church. And then within the church, smaller groups, we call them community groups. Some other churches call them cell groups or small groups. It's the same thing. Even smaller groups, Jesus had his disciples, then he had his little community group, his small group of three guys to get together to live out the Christian life, learning and growing in the understanding of God and his word. Acts 2, 42 to 47 tells us that the church gathered. They gathered together. They had everything in common. Look, if you, you should have your Bibles there with you. If not, you can use the app on your phone. Look at Acts chapter 2. right after the Gospels, Acts chapter 2. Uh, the book of Acts is written by Luke, the apostle, um, Luke, the follower of Jesus, and he uh, wrote the Gospel of Luke, and then this is sort of the second part of the Gospel of Luke, and it recounts the story of the early church. What did they do? How did these Christians start out? What happened when they started believing in the Lord Jesus? In Acts 2, 42 to 47. Let me read that to you. You can follow along in your Bibles. It's important. So here's a description of the very first group of Christians, of Christ followers, starting in verse 42 of Acts 2. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They did that. They were learning together, the, the apostles' teaching. Fellowshipping, they were helping each other. They were growing together, right? They were breaking bread, communion, eating together as well, and they prayed. 
Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began even selling their property and possessions and were sharing with with all as anyone might have need. See, voluntarily, not by compulsion, but voluntarily, they were all just saying, let's do this life together. If anybody has a need, we'll sell something and we'll provide for them. We'll give them something that they need. They were looking out for each other. Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. Look at that, one mind. Again, togetherness and community. One mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, smaller groups. So they got together in the temple and then smaller houses. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Joy comes when we gather with other believers. Praising God and having favor with all the people so they were a witness to their community. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. God was doing that out of the community of believers. See, they were getting together to encourage each other, to challenge each other, to keep growing and following Jesus. When some would falter and fail, they would lift them up carrying each other's burdens. Jesus himself gave us the key to this community. In John 13, 35, he says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Love is that common bond that we have in Jesus Christ. A Christian community is marked by the way people treat each other. And so this local body of believers we call Trinity Bible Church should strive to model Christ-like attitudes and behaviors. The Bible instructs believers on how to become, uh, how, the, to, uh, how a Christian community can love one another. Here's some ideas and examples from the scriptures of how we can love one another. Believers are called to encourage one another, Spur one another on towards love and good works. Serve one another. Instruct one another. Teaching. Honor one another from Romans 12. Be patient with one another and forgive one another. How are you doing with that? How's your patience these days with the people around you, especially those in the body of Christ? Are you forgiving one another? Are you showing humility and forgiveness the way Christ forgave you? We are to speak the truth to one another. And in Galatians 6 tells us to bear one another's burdens. Look at what it says. And this is in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, now look at what it says, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and your salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings. 
that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. See that? So you might be going through a trial, a tribulation, some kind of struggle, some kind of issue, no matter what it is. God will use that, if you allow him to, to be a blessing to somebody else. It will be a blessing to you. You will learn from it. You'll grow from it. But what Paul is saying is he's saying, your sufferings God can use to comfort others. He's saying, listen, this is the way it is. It's almost like we're a conduit. God comforts us in our time of affliction, but he says God's going to comfort somebody else through your affliction who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort we received. How many times have you shared with other people, talking about telling your story, have you talked about your faults and your failures and your struggles so that someone else can learn from you? It's easy to talk about those things that we've done well and all of our successes, right? What about sharing about those times when we didn't do such a good job, right? When we faltered or failed and we're able to share that with somebody else and God will use that to bless others. I've shared this before, but I'll never forget. This is back in 1999 in the year 2000 as I started with my struggles with depression and then anxiety and panic disorder. And after I had um, sought professional help and talking to Christian counselors and my pastors, seeking wise counsel, talking to my doctors. And the Lord put on my heart, you got to tell people about this. I wasn't ashamed of it. I have to let other people know. The first time I did that at a church, after that message, just sharing my story and my struggle and what that looked like for me, I had two lines of people after service waiting to talk to me, many of them crying coming up to me just saying, thank you for sharing. I didn't know a Christian could be depressed. I didn't know that, that I could even talk about it at church. I thought I'd be judged. Or somebody would say, my wife, my husband has been struggling with this. Thank you for sharing and letting me know, giving me the courage to share others. You see, all I was doing was telling my story. God was doing all the rest. God was doing what Paul was saying here in 2 Corinthians 1, that God was comforting me through all these different people, these different areas, and, and getting the help I needed, going back to his word and, and taking the time to work through my struggles. Just like Paul was saying, he's the comfort in all of our affliction so that he can comfort others with the same affliction. We're also being afflicted. Tell people your story. Tell them the full story. <laughs> Tell them the full story. The local church is the place where a Christian community, where we can put all of these things into practice, where we carry each other's burdens, we spur each other on toward love and good works, we serve each other, we teach each other, we honor each other, we speak truth to one another, we love and forgive. It happens in the local assembly, the body of believers. And then within the larger groups, smaller groups, those that you gravitate towards, but still having that common bond of Jesus. Acts 2, 42 to 47, as I went through before, 
want to show you something in that. As it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? They were learning. The fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. All came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs are being done, it says. All who believed were together had all things in common. All were together. Verse 46, they they attended the temple together. They broke bread in their homes together. And they did so with glad and generous hearts. And then it says in verse 47, it tells us they found favor. They found favor with all people. It doesn't mean they became like the world or those around them who were not following God. It just says that people, what does it mean here? It means that people who were not yet believers were looking at this community and saying, what is going on there? What do they have? Because I I want that. Why do they love each other? Why are they helping each other so much through their trials? Why do they eat so much food together? (laughs) What does that look like? (laughs) Why do they just like being around each other and having fun together and And why are they praying for each other? Why do they seem to have this joy that doesn't even go away when tough things are going on in their lives? Because they were doing it together. They were walking with Jesus, not alone, but together. The last passage I want to leave you with is Hebrews 10. 23 to 25. So I'm going to ask that you would stand. Would you stand as I read this last passage of Scripture together? Being reminded that we are to stay on mission together. This is from Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. As I read this, think about our context, our church, our community, the country we live in, the world we live in. Look at what the Bible says, written centuries ago, thousands of years ago, always relevant, especially to our day. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir one another up toward love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As the Lord Jesus, as the Lord Jesus said, he will return for us. It'll be soon, but I can't tell you, I can't define soon for you, but he's coming back and that we know, and that's his great promise. It is our great hope. And until he does, we are to stay on mission together, representing him well. But to do it together, church, we need one another. As the writer of Hebrews says, let's not neglect gathering together. Because we need to encourage each other, especially as we see events unfold in our world, as Scripture tells us. But you know what? All the more reason for us to share our story and to tell people of the hope that we have within us because we are people of hope and the world desperately needs hope. But you know what? 
In order for us to do that, we need to gather together to be encouraged so that we stay on mission together and that we do not give up. Church, don't give up. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, to never give up. God, give us even the courage when we we don't even feel like it, we don't want to. Hell, give us the courage to reach out to one another, to invite somebody else, another believer in the Lord Jesus, into our lives, to be transparent, to be open, to be honest, that we may sharpen each other, shape each other in this community. God, thank you that we don't have to do this alone, but remind us that we cannot do this alone. I thank you for this community here. Lord, bless us here at Trinity. Bless our friends at the Allenwood Church down the road who we had great fellowship with yesterday as they are gathering now to also worship you and honor you. Lord, may we continue in this place to gather, to learn, to grow, and to serve together all for your glory until you return. Jesus, come back soon. But until then, Lord, may we be found encouraging and challenging each other to walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, church. Lord, bless you and go in community. Enjoy. <laughs> Not yet. All right. I'd like to know who authorized this. What is what's going on here? Can you hear me, everybody? We're good? Okay, great. Okay, you're not really running the show. No, okay. You're not really running the show. Anyway, this is um, Pastor Appreciation Month. And so just, we just got it in, right? But anyway, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you for everything you've done over this year. Pastors, both of you, the guidance, teaching, the steadiness, your life steadiness of your life, which is evident to what we're truly blessed to have this man. Why? Thanks. So it's this bag started out light. And then and then as the service went along, more stuff got added in here. So anyway, we give that to you both. Thank you, Bert. Thank you. And then Betsy's got something for Claudia. Claudia is um no I'm so loud. Claudia is
He's a- 